Hello, Apaches, and thank you so much for listening in to the 23rd episode of Season 2 of the Keeping It Arcadia podcast, brought to you by the students in Arcadia High School's Digital Communications Internship, or DCI for short. My name is Jeffrey Lee, and I'm the host. Let's start off today with an interview with Brady Stubbs, who played Jean Valjean in the most recent Arcadia High School Advanced Theater production, Les Miserables, on the take of his role, and of theater in general. Next, we'll be getting a bit political with Jarrett Yip, our podcast team local political analyst, who will be giving us a rundown of the Democratic candidates running for president so far. Last but not least, podcast team member Christina Yao will be giving her take on the hype around metal straws. So let's start off with Brady. Hello, my name is Jeffrey, uh, your local theater enthusiast, and I'm here with John Valjean, also known as Brady Stubbs. So Brady, you've been in theater for four years? Four years, awesome. I have, yep. And you most recently played the main character, Jean Valjean, in the Arcadia High School theater production of the very famous and my personal favorite, I cried like four times during the movie, uh-huh. uh, musical <laughs> Les Miserables. Um, and when I went to the production, I really heard the people sing. So I am with Brady today uh, to talk with him about his experiences in the production and in theater in general. So, first question, uh, Brady, John Valjean is known as this crazy strong, crazy handsome, and crazy charitable, charitable guy. So, what characteristics of John Valjean drew, uh, drew you to his character? Um, first of all, I'd say his nobility. Um, he's got a very um, selfless, um, just overall being, and he sort of ser- lives to serve other people. Um, it's funny, he actually starts off as a convict, um, and then is released from prison, and He's actually given the gift of forgiveness by a local bishop who takes him into a church um, and he gives him the opportunity to restart his life. He gives him a bunch of um, money to start over and I think what drew me so much to his character was the fact that I could relate so much to him personally Um, and it was not to mention like it's always been my favorite musical Um, so it was really cool to get to like have the opportunity to be him for my final show. So that being said what is your favorite line or part of the play? Hmm, my favorite line, I would probably say, is in the prologue of the musical. Um, Jean Valjean is sort of having an inner battle with his thoughts, and he's reminiscing on the years, um, the 20 years that he spent in prison, and he says that they gave him a number and they murdered Valjean, and that sort of stuck out to me a lot because I feel like in society today, like especially in high school, a lot of students are given their ID numbers and like and or given their GPAs or their standardized test scores, and they kind of let those numbers make or break them, um, which is understandable because college is like there's so much pressure with college, so much pressure with academics, um, and those things are important. But that line sort of stuck out to me because I was listening to it and I was like, okay, they gave him a number and they murdered Valjean, and I kind of somehow see like the ways that these numbers like affect students and the way that they kind of let those numbers murder them. And I was like, huh, like, interesting that I get the opportunity to, like, point that out and bring awareness to that um, in my school specifically um, and just high school in general. So that was definitely my favorite line. All right, that's really, really interesting. So Les Mis can be challenging to perform because it's uh, basically song after song after song. So it's basically sung completely through. So did you experience any such challenges through this process? Oh, definitely. I'd say the hardest part about putting on the show was staying healthy. Um, There are tons, I think we had like 70 kids in the cast, and the hardest part was like making sure that you're drinking enough water. We're on stage most of the time. We have like pretty rigorous hours, so it was difficult to stay healthy, and especially um, the fact that the show is all sung, it was hard to take care of your voice, and it was difficult to sort of be singing all the time during rehearsals and then have to do a show. And then on Saturday, we had two shows in one day, so it was sort of a challenge to be singing that much. Your voice gets tired, things like that. 
um, but have a lot of cough drops on hand and get through it. But just my curiosity, do you ever forget any lines? Um, I've never forgotten lines in this one because I love this musical so much, so I've just known it for um, as long as I've been doing theater. But I have been doing shows where I've forgotten lines and other actors will have to like pick it up for me or cover or make a joke out of it. Um, and it's a good time, but okay. I don't recommend it. <laughs> okay, all right. So why did you have to cut my favorite song, The Confrontation? No, yeah, I don't know why they cut it. Um, I think we had we were doing the school edition, so like the actual musical is like three and a half hours or something. So they had to take out parts, um, and it's pretty unfortunate that that was the one that got um, the guillotine. But no pun intended. But um, yeah, it was kind of a shame. All right. So now, uh, last question on Lim is: What do you think someone doing or watching this specific play, uh, Lim is, can get out of the story? Um, I'd say above all, the theme of the play is forgiveness. Um, sort of just seeing people for what they believe in. Um, and it's kind of interesting the way the musical was written. The antagonist, Javert, actually isn't necessarily a bad guy at all. Like, he's just doing what he believes in. Both um, of the main characters, Jean Valjean and Javert, are both doing what they're doing because they believe in serving the Lord. And, like, that's the thing that they believe in. Um, and those views just tend to, like, battle each other. And I think what people can take away is, like, the fact that everyone has something that they believe in and everyone's fighting for that and people often forget that like there's not necessarily a bad guy or a wrong side sometimes it might just be different and that's kind of what the play exposes and in addition like the whole forgiveness aspect um the way that like one act of forgiveness can affect so many people like the man that forgave um valjean gives him the opportunity to start his life over and as a result valjean saves like a number of other people so the whole idea of um forgiveness affecting more than just one person. And then in addition, just to fight for what you believe in, mm -hmm. um, not letting these numbers define you kind of thing, and um, you know, just taking it to the death, I mean, I guess, um, to whatever extent that, that word death means to someone, um, just fighting until they can't anymore for whatever they believe. That's awesome. So more broadly about theater, uh, I, I believe that Arcadia High School Theater gets to go on a trip to Broadway every year and they get to learn alongside the pros. So how was your experience there and what did you learn? It's funny, we actually haven't gone on the trip yet. We leave next weekend oh, um, to okay. go to New York. We're taking a couple of workshops, which is really cool, with some professionals in the area, which is great. We get to go see like four different Broadway shows, which is also really cool. And then there's a ton of time to explore the city. Um, it alternates every two years. So two years ago, they went to London. And then this year, we're going to New York. And then two years later, they'll mm -hmm. go to London again. So it alternates. So you kind of get the full theater experience. Um, from what I've heard, People that have been really loved it. The London trip, I guess, is incredible. I didn't get to go on it um, two years ago because uh, I wasn't in advanced theater yet. But I heard that the New York one is also phenomenal. There's a lot of resources that you get, and you can tour schools or whatever you want to do in New York, which is really cool, so I'm excited about that. Um, so after being in theater for so long, I'm assuming that you're going to, uh, into the arts. So what are you planning on majoring? I'm actually majoring in music production. So still arts, but not necessarily theater, yeah. So just out of curiosity, why not theater? Theater, I've just been sort of doing it my whole life. Um, and to be honest, like, as I got older and older, I started to realize that, like, I love theater, but it's not necessarily what I want to dedicate mm. my life to. Um, if someone was like, would you do theater for free? I would say no, you know? Whereas if someone was like, would you do music production for free because you love it that much? I'd say absolutely. So like once I realized that, I was like, okay, definitely music production. Although like 
I was gifted a lot of gifts in through theater um, and the gift of talent. Like obviously, like it's been really nice getting the opportunities to have lead roles and things like that. Um, and I definitely don't take those for granted, and I totally work for those. Um, but I think what I want to dedicate the rest of my life to as a whole is definitely music. Okay, so why do you do theater? Or now that you've said that, I guess art. And more specifically, why does art matter for both the performers and the audience members? Mm. I do theater mainly because it's really nice to have an outlet. I feel like a lot of students in high school don't necessarily have an outlet. It's just constantly working. And I understand that considering, like, Western work culture is so big, like nowadays everyone's constantly like work, work, work. Um, but theater is a perfect opportunity for an outlet to just like take a moment outside of that and like be somebody else if you want to. Say your art is dancing, you could express yourself some other way. Um, and I do that personally because that's my way of like, that's my outlet, um, that's my way of expressing myself, that's my way of like getting all the different ideas that I have in my head like out. Um, I know a lot of people in theater as well have like really ambitious, artistic, creative um, characteristics, and they're able to channel those through theater. That sounds like a really famous song, like Work, Work, Work. Yeah, that could probably make a good song, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last but not least, you have the dashing good looks, amazing voice, <laughs> and sensational acting skills. So how much of that is practice, and how much is that is just good genes? Um, I'd say half is good genes and half is practice. <laughs> okay. um, I was lucky enough to be blessed um, into a family where um, people have been doing music for as long as I can remember. Um, so I sort of grew up just in the acting, theater, um, industry area. And then the other half is definitely work. Um, people cannot just like show up and run a marathon. And the same thing goes for arts and theaters. Um, it's definitely a lot of work. Um, I put in a lot of work for all of my auditions, all of my parts. You gotta go home, memorize the lines, do whatever it takes to get that character there. Um, so, and I guess that could be applied to anything. It's definitely, um, the hard work pays off a lot more than good genes does. Um, it doesn't really matter who you are, like what genes you get, have. Like, if you work for it, you can definitely get what you want. Next, we have Jarrett Yip and his analysis of the Democratic candidates running for president in 2020. It's important to be politically aware and as the 2020 presidential election draws closer, more and more Democratic candidates are announcing their campaigns. Here's an overview of each of them. Now, at the time of this recording, there are 15 Democrats who are set to run for the 2020 election. In this podcast segment, I don't think I'll spend time talking about each one, but talking mostly about the key players. First is Cory Booker. This 49-year-old senator from New Jersey first served as the mayor of Newark from 2006 to 2013. He was New Jersey's first African-American senator, and he's backed liberal policies from marriage equality and abortion rights to marijuana legalization and criminal justice reform. Another strong contender is Kamala Harris. Currently serving as a senator to California, she also served as a California attorney general and the San Francisco district attorney. Taking her office in 2017, She's the first South Asian American and second African American female senator in U.S. history. Another interesting candidate is Beto O'Rourke. He served as a Texas representative from 2013 to 2019 and just recently lost the race for senator against Ted Cruz. Beto is especially interesting to me because he's known, he's a well-known lover of punk rock and co-founded a band in his early college years. He was also on record as being part of a hacker group in the mid-90s and also, he's a known skateboarder. Regardless of his cool factor, he did lose the senatorial race against Ted Cruz. This has many Democratic voters wondering if he's competent enough to run for president. A candidate that doesn't really surprise me is running is Bernie Sanders, a 77-year-old senator from Vermont. Bernie certainly has a lot of pull with young people. He's popularized the free college ideal, and in turn, 
making him popular amongst young, college-age people. We also have Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. She's amassed quite a large following, mainly for her criticisms of Trump and calling our president a, quote, product of a rigged system that props up the rich and the powerful and kicks dirt on everyone else, end quote. Last on this list is Andrew Yang, an entrepreneur and founder of a nonprofit fellowship program, Venture for America. His platform has quickly made waves and gained followers on the basis of universal income where everyone would make $1,000 a month. If Andrew Yang can pull this off and actually make it into the Oval Office, it would be groundbreaking as the first Asian American to take the presidency. The candidates I mentioned today are only a fraction of the whole roster of candidates. It's our job as voters to make sure we understand every candidate's position and platform. We need to be informed voters to make a good decision and hopefully something that won't mess us up for four years. Thank you. This has been Jared Yip on the 2020 election. And last but not least, let's hop on over to Christina Yao and why people are so excited about metal straws. Metal straws, they have a whole lot of disadvantages and advantages. They can be great alternatives for regular straws, which are really bad for the environment. But they are also so hard to clean and can be more convenient to not use them altogether. I personally think it is much more easier to get a bottle or cup that has a hole to sip from. It's easy to clean and not super bad for the environment. I also think it is really important to try to avoid plastic straws as much as you can because each one is really bad for the earth. If you are willing to take time to clean your metal straw and you would like to use straws but don't want to hurt the environment, I'd say metal straws are for you. They are very eco-friendly, which leads to less, less waste in landfills and a smaller footprint in the environment. I personally like to ditch the straw altogether because drinking from straws can lead to air in your stomach and cause, causing bloating and aches. I think metal straws can be better than bamboo and glass straws because of its dur durability and safety. So consider getting metal straws as your number one option if you like drinking from straws. Anyways, that is my take on metal straws. So thanks for listening. And that will conclude this episode. This has been Jeffrey with Arcadia High School's DCI. And the podcast team hopes you've enjoyed our 23rd episode of the school year. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe for more weekly content. Please visit the list of all our episodes on the new AUSD DCI page. The link is dciausd.weebly.com. Thank you, and we will see you next week. This is AUSD DCI signing off.